Attention crew, this is your Captain Caliban speaking. This is a supplemental episode of Enterprising Individuals, where we bring you news and tidbits from the world of Trek. Also interviews with special guests and a few little surprises along the way. This week we're taking a brief look at the Trek news of the day because, boy howdy, this is late and we are busy around the shop. We're getting ready for some big things that are coming up for the show and we're so short on time, we're warping right to the news and stick around for some big announcements as soon as that's over. And with that, let's get underway. Let's begin with our customary update on Discovery News. Alex Kurtzman, producer on Star Trek Discovery, took time out from his busy schedule of destroying another cinematic universe, namely Universal Studios' Dark Universe, to do a fawning softball review promoting his new film, The Mummy, and to eventually answer some questions related to the upcoming Star Trek show. There's still no announced release date outside of fall 2017, so that's bad news. But we did get some good news from this terrible, almost childishly inept writer-director. Kurtzman was asked about diversity in the series. You know, whether the newest show in the Star Trek television franchise would continue to embody the franchise's commitment to portraying a crew of different races, faiths, nationalities, and orientations all working together. Unlike... Kurtzman's feature films, where a white guy convinces another white guy that he just might be the best white guy who ever white guyed, and then he joins up with some other white guys, and they go to space to fight, hey, some white guys, but like Australian white guys, ick. Oh, and their switchboard operator is a black woman, so commitment maintained. Look, this is going to take forever if I keep jumping in with petty negative comments, so let's just deactivate the ship's commentary field. Great. Um, we should test it. Uh, let's see. Other headlines. J.G. Hertzler to run for Congress in New York while dressed as Mark Twain. Huh. Okay. Uh, LeVar Burton goes on Twitter rant against American Airlines after being downgraded to business class on cross-country flight. Hmm. It doesn't look like anything to me. An Australian plumber has teamed with IBM to make the universal translator device a reality. The device replaces Foster's for beer in every language. <clears throat> Looks like there is still some residual field energy there. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> when asked if Discovery, which is set to feature an openly gay character, Lieutenant Stamets, Stamets, not sure on that one still, played by Rent actor Anthony Rapp, would be committed to pushing the envelope of representation, particularly in the realm of orientation, Kurtzman literally said, you don't have to worry about that. He went on to say, quote, it would be foolish of us to not only ignore it, but to not take advantage of the fact that that's how people are consuming stories and they're hungrier for more complicated stories. What would have been a taboo subject 10 to 15 years ago is now everywhere, and that's a beautiful thing, end quote. So there you go. If I was still able to comment on these stories, I believe my response would be, cancel the assassin droids. This guy seems to be a decent human being if not a writer or director, but I'm not able to do that. Kurtzman was asked for an update and an explanation of the continued delays in Discovery production and said, quote, We postponed our schedule because the truth is we did not want to put out something that was subpar. And as the vision expanded, we started feeling like we weren't going to be able to deliver the scope and scale that was on the page. And CBS was extremely supportive in saying, okay, you know what? This is streaming. It's not like we have to have it out right away. So we'll do the best version of this. Trek is too important for all of us, end quote. On the subject of the street cred of the writing staff of Discovery, Kurtzman said, quote, All I'm going to say now is that you're talking about a show that's being written by a room full of fans who all have very different relationships to Trek, and I think that's a healthy thing and it's a good thing. They love different aspects of Trek. We're really excited with how the scripts are going. The scripts are going great, end quote. 
He also confirmed that the production was filming episode five of the series during the time of the interview. It's not commentary to say that having a legacy project like this being written by, quote, fans, end quote, is not particularly reassuring. I mean, Larry Niven wasn't a Star Trek fan. Harlan Ellison wasn't a Star Trek fan. DC Fontana, what? well, she was probably a fan of having a job, but she made Star Trek what it is with no map to lead the way. So if I could comment on this, I'd say, you do you, Discovery Writers Room. Play jazz. Just don't deliver Star Trek drag or Star Trek fanfic on this one. Discover something. Okay, so... Big announcements. This isn't all new information, but some of it bears repeating. We are extremely excited here at the show to announce that we will be taping our first live episode of the show this July at Convergence Con in the Twin Cities. It's a big event, and for that reason, we need a big thing to talk about, and that thing is Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan. Yes, it's our first movie that we're covering on the show, and we need a panel of special guests to do it. So we've got Trek author William Leisner, author and comedian Patrick Tomlinson, comic book artist Christopher Jones, and author and Convergence guest of honor Naomi Kritzer. That is quite the lineup, and together we're going to take the amazing movie Wrath of Khan and turn it inside out. Like Khan, we're going wild. We slit their throats. We want to tear the place apart. Okay, maybe that's too far, but we are going to have a conversation that is simultaneously insightful and hilarious in the enterprising individual style. Tickets for the con are still available at www.convergence-con.org. So if you're going to be in the Twin Cities area, I definitely recommend you come join us on July 7th at 8.30 p.m. It's going to be an amazing time. And I should mention that I will be conducting interviews with some of the featured guests at Convergence, many of whom worked on and even starred in some of these Star Trek series. series. So stay tuned to the show in coming weeks to find out more about that. And if you're going to miss us at Convergence, you can find out just how amazing it was by listening to our special live episode, which will be available to our intrepid Patreon subscribers. Look us up at patreon.com forward slash EISTpod. Join today for as little as $1, and you get access to exclusive patron content, including our upcoming Wrath of Khan live show and additional upcoming live shows, plus episode reviews and commentary. As I've been producing episodes with some of our guests, I'm beginning to realize that you know, I'm pretty well versed in the original series and, of course, in TNG, but I'm finding that I, have, I keep having to be reminded about all the cool things that happened in DS9. So I am starting a rewatch of the entirety of Deep Space Nine, and I will be blogging and commenting on that experience for Patreon subscribers. Come find out what I really think about what many call the best Trek series. You can get access to that, the live shows, and possibly many other prizes and perks, like being added to our crew roster or receiving your own personalized redshirt death, by signing up with us at patreon.com forward slash EISTpod. Anything you can contribute would be appreciated and would help keep us flying. Remember, listeners, you can join in on the conversation. Just go to facebook.com forward slash EISTpod or find us at at EISTpod on Twitter or through our social media links on enterprisingindividuals.com. You can also reach the show at EISTpod at gmail.com with feedback and suggestions or to just say hello. We're waiting to receive your transmission. Announcements, more announcements. One of the best parts of this job is that I get to interview and talk with many of the people who have been instrumental in bringing Trek to our screens. And recently, I had the immense fortune of speaking with two people who, in a very real way, are responsible for all of this. Every year of Trek going forward, Star Trek The Motion Picture, Star Trek Discovery, you hearing my voice, Shatner having a million horses, 
all of it. I recently sat down, well over the phone, with Bijo and John Trimble, the legendary fans who organized the letter-writing campaign that saved Star Trek from cancellation after its second season. We had an amazing conversation that spanned their involvement with Trek, the early days of fandom and conventions, Bijo's books, The Star Trek Concordance, and On the Good Ship Enterprise, uh, what they think of the new films and Discovery, so much stuff. That interview will be essentially the entirety of our next supplemental show. So please tune in in two weeks for that, and thanks so much to the Trimbles for donating their time to us. And nothing could top that, really, but I'll add something else just for kicks. A Klingon Christmas Carol is a play written by Christopher Kittermostrom and Sasha Warren, and it does exactly what it says on the tin. It's an adaptation of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, performed entirely in the Klingon language. Uh, It's been around for about 10 years now, and it's been performed all over the nation, and this Christmas, I will be directing the Historic Mounds Theater's production of Klingon Christmas Carol in St. Paul, Minnesota. It's a funny show, and it's a touching show, too, featuring a whole mess of Klingons in full costumes, plus cameos by a few other Trek aliens as well. It's suitable for the entire family, as long as they can read the on-screen subtitles that are provided, or, I don't know, maybe your kid's a Klingon language prodigy, and then in that case, have them audition for the show, please, we could use them. Uh, If you live in the Twin Cities area, please check it out at MoundsTheater.org. I'll also be providing production updates as the show's being developed, and maybe there'll be more of those updates on the Patreon, so you can maybe check that out. Again, go to MoundsTheater.org for more info, and a merry kapla to you. And that's it for this supplemental episode of Enterprising Individuals. If you're an iTunes listener and you haven't yet, why not look us up on iTunes? Make sure you're subscribed to the show. Also, write a little review if the spirit moves you and give us a rating at the very least. We'd appreciate it. If you're not on iTunes, you can still subscribe to the show on Google Play or Stitcher or wherever you get our show from. And if you leave positive comments and ratings on those platforms as well, we would be eternally grateful. Next time on Enterprising Individuals. The Enterprise is drawn perilously closer and closer to a collapsing planet, and the crew struggles to find a cure for an intoxicating illness. And maybe squeeze in a little topless fencing in the meantime. Star Trek producer Dave Rossi joins me on our next show to examine a classic episode of the original series, and we debate the effectiveness of shower curtains against contagious disease, sing a few rounds of Kathleen, and discuss the off-handed invention of time travel. Look at that. Get ready to sob mathematically as we watch The Naked Time, next time on Enterprising Individuals. And until then, I'm your Captain Caliban, signing off and saying, live long and prosper. <laughs>